everyone, and welcome to episode 92 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I'm your host, The Raspberries, with my co-host, The Buck, bringing you new and interesting stories from the far reaches of the internet. And this, we're all out of sorts, okay? Let's just, let's call a spade a spade. Uh, episode 92, or 91 rather, was supposed to be out last Wednesday. Uh, but we had some issues with recording, had to re-record the first half, and then it didn't drop like it was supposed to. So episode 91 is actually out on Saturday, and we are f- recording episode 92, which will come out on Wednesday. So we're kind of out of sorts right now, but we are committed, we're here, we're recording, and we're bringing you the newest and greatest content from a couple of idiots that happen to own microphones. All right, Buck. <laughs> so we had some fun with a telemarketer on, before the phone call, at least we tried to. Yeah, yeah. Um, my younger brother and I um, were sitting here this morning and received a phone call from the American Sweepstakes, Ooh. notifying my brother. They, oh yeah, oh yeah, the uh, the you know. American Sweepstakes. Oh yeah, and he was going to be the proud beneficiary of eleven point eight million dollars, and all he would have to do is. A one-time pittance of seventy-four hundred bucks to just get the ball rolling on that, and um, and and we we scanned it as far as we could scan it. <laughs> I mean, we even got you involved. I mean, we we were in it for probably twenty twenty-five minutes before we we got in touch with you, and then you're, you got you're, involved. Your local bank uh, bank branch manager. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like. We we were we were we were ready to just take oh, it have, to the dude, upper I'm deck. I'm telling you, I, I have a whole backstory written out here. Uh, <laughs> I have account numbers, fake routing numbers. I have everything ready to go, but unfortunately, oh, I, they, you know, they, they stopped taking our calls and they blocked you. So, <laughs> well, you know, I got to give my little brother credit because he was just sitting here, and at first he was angry about it, and then he's like, "No, no, 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 no." I'm going to flip the script. And he looked at me and he's like, I think I'm going to ask the scammers for money. I was like, uh, what do you think I do in my retirement, man? Like, I got a whole game of this. I was like, this this is this is a drop in the bucket. Let's go ahead. Let's let's take it to the upper deck. So we did. It's great. Well, Buck, we have some stories about other people being social liabilities. And we're going to start out with something from the Salt Lake Tribune. Mark of the Beast and fears of concentration camps up and hearing on bill to expand Utah's digital driver's license program. Do you have digital driver's licenses in the state that you live in? I don't know. So it, it's a big thing. They're starting to, to roll it out, especially with the iPhones, where they'll have a secure version of the digital of your driver's license. So you don't have to carry your physical card with you anymore. And if it gets lost, the, you know, it's a simple couple taps, boom, it's on a new phone. It, as opposed to going to the DMV and dealing with that nonsense that we all enjoy ever so much. So this is, this is the what they're doing. And we actually have it here in the state that I live in, but you have to like have your license with the state for so long before you can enroll. So I try once a month. I still haven't got in yet, and I'm a little pissed off about it. Because I would love, because I have Apple Pay, and if I can get my driver's license on there, I don't got to carry a wallet anymore, and that's going to be outstanding. But members of the public warned a Utah House Committee Monday evening that a bill to expand Utah's use of digital driver's license was the first step on a slippery slope that could lead to vaccination passports, tyranny imposed by the United Nations, or concentration camps. 
there was even a dire warning that digital driver's license were the mark of the beast. The House Public Utilities Energy and Technology Committee adjourned without taking action on SB 88, which aims to move the use uh, beyond the current pilot program, which allows people to carry a copy of their driver's license on their smartphone. Uh, Senator Lincoln Fillmore, a Republican from South Jordan, explained the digital version of the driver's license is a more secure version of the card most people already carry in their pocket. If you ever lose your driver's license, anybody who picks it up has access to all the information on there. If you lose your phone or if you had your, your information, you can have your information wiped remotely. Uh, he added the digital ID also adds a convenience factor. If your phone is lost, you can call and have them turn off your ID on your old phone and activate a new one without ever having to visit the DMV. As I was saying, right? <laughs> uh, Ryan Williams from the Utah Driver's License Division tried to settle any worries the digital driver's license would lead to personal information being stolen. <coughs> Excuse me. The app produces a QR code that, when scanned, connects to the state database. The code is only used one time. When you present the QR code, you are not presenting your information. You can't share the QR code with anybody. If you lose your physical driver's license, it's picked up by somebody. You have all that information in their hand. Most assurances uh, were not good enough for the packed room of opponents who had to be scolded several times for their vocal outbursts. Much of the public comment was... I came... What the hell is that word? Panopoly? I don't know. Of overheated conspiracy theories and worry that the use of the digital driver's license was simply the first step on the road to tyranny. Uh, many were fueled by misinformation shared on right-wing social media apps that, ironically, may use their smartphones to access. <laughs> Very good. Very cheeky. Very cheeky. Uh, some of the legitimate concerns that personal data could be exposed in a breach of the state driver's license database former Weber County Commissioner Bruce Anderson said that nothing in the bill uh, to compensate Utahnians if that happens. Is that a word? I guess it's their word, whatever. If, if there's a breach, it causes irreparable harm. Passing this legislation would completely be irresponsible. I'm sorry, is there not already a database? Is there not already a database? Because I know when I run someone's driver's license back when I was in law enforcement, I got that information from a database. It's the same thing as getting the goddamn number off the goddamn license. If you fucking fool. Uh, those worries were vastly outnumbered by comments straight out of the political fringes. Some worried their personal information would find its way into the hands of outside groups or international organizations like the UN, who allegedly have sinister designs on the state's people. I know that the UN sits around going, how are we going to get Utah? <laughs> We are here because we are angry. We hear you lying to us every day. Stop it. Vote no on this. <laughs> Mike Brown said the digital driver's license is the forebearer of discrimination against the unvaccinated. Vaccinating passports are everywhere. Show your papers. Hello, is this America or not? How dare you propose someone that on a path to take away our liberty? Commenters also made religious comparisons and references to the Holocaust. Those feeling that we're moving one step closer to the mark of the beast, the book of Revelation states that we will not be able to buy or sell goods without the mark of the beast. Everything with a digital driver's license brings wrong and evil. It's a straight path train ride to concentration camps. After adopting two amendments in response to some objections, clarifying participation was voluntary and app users could not be tracked. The committee adjourned without taking a vote. 
This does not mean the bill is dead by any stretch of the imagination. SB 88 could show up on a committee agenda again, or the House could bring the bill directly to the floor for a vote. The latter scenario is distinctly possible since the proposed proposal flew through Senate unanimously. <laughs> I love conspiracy theorists, except I kind of wish at the same time they'd all take the same cruise uh, and the boat would sink. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I actually have a really kind of a big problem with people always making the comparison to the fucking Holocaust. I have a huge problem and, with that, and I, and I have voiced that several times on this show. Yeah. I mean, like, come on. Like, do they not understand exactly? Like, do you know what the Holocaust was, sir? And do you know how offensive it is for you to just insert your bullshit tantrum into that horrific event? like that that's that's really just a slap in the cockles like i if, if you compare anything to the holocaust to hitler or the nazis fuck you i have nothing more to listen to you because you are a complete moron and you do not deserve to have my attention for a moment longer you are an idiot you are a fool and to cheapen what happened to a an entire race of people because but it, it is just horrifying. It really is. It, it's reprehensible behavior. And, you know, that's the, this asshole to me, you know, propagating that kind of. Well, this of, is a whole room full of assholes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it, that's that's a four all day long in my book. First nope. off, I just want to get the elephant out of the room. I, I'm going to go yeah. five on it because these people are so goddamn crazy that. They're, they're taking the time to go to these public Senate meetings that nobody goes to, you know, <laughs> and they're trying to testify about the book of Revelation saying that your picture on your phone is the mark of the beast. And I'm sorry, I can't deal yeah, with that's I cannot, another thing. I like, cannot deal with political and religious nut jobs. Well, it's just, you know, they're like when people start making those kind of arguments, it really really is just grabbing at straws you're throwing the holocaust in there you're throwing you know sprinkle a little bit of religious you know extremism on there as well is that you're just trying to grab at everybody's attention to try and get as much shock factor out of people as possible I mean, you've heard of people and, saying that they're oh, it's because i'm black or something like that so they're playing the race card well, you're playing the freaking what nazi card is that what you're is that what you're calling this we're in, i'm playing the nazi card he <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't even know what I would call that. I'd just call that, like, borderline... Not even borderline. It's just stupidity. Straight out. It's, it really is. Give him a five. Like, yeah, well, yeah, move along. Yeah, let's go on to something else. The next is coming from the Iowa Starting Line. It's a uh, online newspaper of sorts. GOP legislatures target librarians for prosecution and fines under new bill. An effort to ban books has expanded beyond the classroom now to the public libraries, with a new GOP-backed bill adding librarians to their target for prosecution and civil fines for those that they believe give access to material that are, quote, obscene or harmful to minors. A collection of 14 Iowa Republican representatives included, introduced a bill Tuesday making it illegal for a person affiliated with a public school or public library to knowingly spread, quote, material the person knows or reasonably should know is obscene or harmful to minors, end quote. Uh, colleges and universities, however, are exempt. 
big deal. The penalty would be an aggravated misdemeanor upgraded to a Class D felony if the person was previously guilty of this. Aggravated misdemeanors can be punishable for up to two years in jail and a fine between $625 and $6,250. Class D felonies are punishable up to five years in prison and a fine between $750 and $7,500. The goal of the bill is to re relate proposals have come from a far-right effort to remove books written about LBGTQ characters, characters of color, and... However, the language of the bill could greatly expand the list of targeted materials for civil lawsuits. It also expands the list of who can be charged for obscenity uh, violations to a person affiliated with an entity that provides products or services to such schools or libraries in the state. This could theoretically include people involved with setting up for scholastic book fairs. Uh, House file 2167 would also remove the exemption for public libraries and educational institutions, making it legal for only colleges and universities and programs to have obscene materials. The legal definition of obscenity is any material depicting or describing the genitals, sex acts, masturbation, shitting, sadomasochism, abuse, which the average person... Uh, taking the material as a whole and applying uh, contemporary community standards with respect to what is suitable material for minors would find uh, appeals to the prudent interest and uh, god damn it fuck this i'm not reading it <laughs> so the same standards taking into account work for serious literal scientific political or artistic value would still apply to a legal uh, proceeding because the law does not change the definition of vicinity However, the law would also allow a parent or guardian to bring civil action against any public or private school or public library if the parent or parents or, or I'm sorry or guardian's child receives obscene material. Under the civil section, the materials being used in the curriculum or for educational purposes would not matter. It is not a defense to an action brought under the section that the materials uh, disseminated or labeled as curriculum approved for educational use or otherwise described be for educational purposes. The minimum award will be $10,000, and the winning party will be awarded all the court fees. If the law passes, it would take effect immediately, uh, and it lists all the um, uh, representatives that signed on to the bill. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a lot to filter through there, Raz. Um, Jesus. Well, so he, no, no, he's okay to talk I mean, about. Yeah, he's okay. He's okay to talk about. You just can't talk about you know anything else, like anything the Romans right. did. <laughs> I, it's you know, at what point in time do parents actually have the responsibility to parent their children? Here's an idea. Like, why, that, why do we keep censoring shit? That's that's what I mean. That's no, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, if you don't want your kids to look at it. Tell them not to, and when they don't listen to you, you know, deal with it. Then parent, you know that's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it's it really, like, okay, uh, you know, I'll I'll fall on my own sword here for a second. My parents didn't want my brothers and I looking at pornographic material when <gasps> we were growing up. Oh my yeah. god! Let me tell you what, I had a fucking towel under my bed that could have been used as a lampstand. And, you know, 
<laughs> and I remember looking at scrambled porn on the uh, on oh, yeah. on cable. Oh my god, I saw a nipple. I mean, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like that's like that was my spank bank, and I did it all behind my parents' back. And when they caught me, or yeah, found, caught you or found evidence of. Found evidence of. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I've, I've really started to stumble there for a second. I was like, no, they never actually caught me. But no, when when evidence, you know, surfaced that I was up to no good, I was dealt with. And that was it. It was a cat and mouse game. That was it. You know, that like we didn't have to go to the fucking library or the adult bookstore and be like, ah, get out of my town because my kid won't fucking listen to me. It's like, come on, if you want something censored, that's bullshit. You know, and any any one of these people that are rallying for this to happen better not ever, like, solicit the government for Freedom of Information Act. Like, no, 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 That is, br- that is, that is a brilliant comparison because we're going to censor everything, which, uh, let, me, let me tell you something. Our last story, I said you can't compare shit to the Nazis because it cheapens it. Let me tell you what the Nazis did. Before they took their, you know, as they were rising in power, they took all information that they deemed to be harmful to their political movement and had it destroyed and banned. Their, the actual concept of the book burnings, that's where it came from, folks. This is what the Nazi party did. This is what the brown shirts did in order to get people to come to their size. They hosted these damn book burnings to see, look, we're trying to purify our, our, our nation. We are trying to protect the children. That's where all those fucking phrases came from. And for God's sakes, if you're going to make a comparison to the Nazis, this is it, folks. This is it. This is it. And they're specifically targeting because we want to get rid of the LGBTQ community, which I think is entirely overrated. But that being said, guess what else the Nazis did? It didn't just kill the Jews. They didn't just kill the gypsies. They didn't just kill the blacks. They killed the gays. They killed the transvestites. They killed anybody who wasn't somebody they deemed to be po- correct for what they deemed the community standard should be. That is what they did, and this was the precursor to it, and now we have the exact same goddamn thing going on because of these fucking morons who are out there trying to preach morality to the masses, take your fucking sermon and shove it up your ass. I'm not going in the library and checking out these books because I don't give a shit about these books. But I do give a shit about these books being able to be books and be present in a public library setting so that somebody that does want to view them can. That's... Well, well said, sir. I don't know. That's a tough act to follow. So uh, I'll just go ahead and score these folks, uh, you know, give them a five. And do I even really, know. do I even really have to say that it's a five out loud? Because I think it's pretty damn obvious how I feel on the matter. <laughs> nope, nope. You don't have to say anymore. I won't. I won't cheapen your rant by trying to like smooth it over with any comedic prowess. So you know, we'll just move along to the Hudson Mayor suggests ice fishing could lead to prostitution. In ice shanties. Uh, it was, we keep coming across these political figures or people that are trying to involve themselves or in, inject themselves into politics that are just fucking completely insane. This comes from Hudson, Ohio. As the Hudson mayor, Craig Schubert. This is the fucking... 
fucking mayor in this town. That's such to tell you, you know, there was a, there's enough of these fucking idiots that go out and voted for this son of a bitch. <laughs> Whose baseless claims that school board members were peddling child pornography led to a rebuke from the Summit County prosecutor and is now garnering attention for suggesting that ice fishing is this in the city could lead to prostitution. I got to tell you, Mark, I've been fishing in the wintertime. Never like in the shanty type thing, cutting the hole in the ice. But I can tell you, it's probably pretty reminiscent of the way I did it. And I can't tell you how much I was not in a horny state of mind at the time. <laughs> this... Yeah. I, I, I've never, I've never even, like, that's, that ice fishing's never even been on my radar. And, um, yeah, prostitution to me, that, like, they got some good stories. Like that's that's about as far as it goes with me and prostitutes. They're just nice ladies. Here's so the thing. we're gonna yeah. go, we're gonna go completely off topic. Talk about prostitutes for a second. Prostitutes can be your best friend if you have certain um, certain jobs, certain vocational activities. There was a short period of time where I did vehicle repossessions, and I did this in Baltimore and Washington D.C. And let me tell you. If you treat a hooker with a monicum of respect, she will tell you where her grandmother hides her money. Uh, more accurately, she'll tell you where the cars are that you're looking for to repossess. <laughs> uh, it's amazing the information you can get for a hot cup of coffee. Um, but I digress. Let's get back into Mayor Schubert here. Uh, Schubert made the comments, which have been widely shared online, during a Hudson City Council meeting on Tuesday. Council President Chris Foster said a number of residents have requested permission to ice fish at the Hudson Spring Lake, according to a recording at the meeting posted on the city's website. Ice fishing is currently prohibited on the lake. Several officials demurred. Uh, <laughs> they would somehow could fall through the ice and the city would be held liable. It could also create an additional burden for Hudson's firefighters, paramedics, and police officers. Let's stop there for a second. I actually agree. My current job, I have to look at liabilities like that. And if we were to issue permits like that and somebody fell through the ice, would there be a liability because we did not check the ice? Yes. Those are the things you have to look at as a, a public official. Is there a, a, a liability attached to it? So I get that. And also the fact that their firefighters might not be trained for ice rescue and such like that. And they might have to then do that. So, yeah, those are legitimate concerns. Those are 100% legitimate concerns. Do you not agree with me? I agree. I I, I think that those are, uh, you know, interesting points to, you know, factor into the field of play here. Well, however, Schubert raised an altogether different concern. <laughs> If you were opening up to ice fishing while on the surface, it sounds good. What about next year, Schubert asked. Does someone come back and say, I want an ice shanty on Hudson Park uh, for X amount of time? And then if you allow ice fishing with shanties, then leads to another problem. Prostitution. And now we've got a police chief and the police department involved. That's a hell of a leap. Yeah, I was about ready to say, like, you had me. Like you had me all the way. Like, I'm. Yeah, you're a little harsh. You're a little whatever, whatever. But, wow. Like it's like wow. The, you really do. Took, you have roving the, bands of hookers just trolling your town, looking for any port in the storm. They're going. Ooh, look. There's that little five by five wooden shack on the ice. I know I can get some Johns in there. Is yeah, your, man. Is I, your town that I, horny? 
Is your town that horny? I mean, like, that's a lot. And, and you know, factor in, then, uh, I'm not even going to try to speak about that. There's just a lot of logistics involved, even for the girl. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, no, man. I mean, like, think, think of, like, you either got to be dealing with, a, like, a really high class, like, you know, experience-based prostitute. Or you got to be dealing with a girl who really has nothing left to lose. Like, yeah, I, I just. Mm, well, council whatever. members did not directly address Schubert's comment about prostitution. Council members Chris uh, Banweg responded by uh, quipping, I'm not in favor of ice shanties. <laughs> they reached out to Schubert's office for comment. The statement is not Schubert's first controversial claim, however. Last fall, the mayor demanded resignations of the city's entire school board because he basically claimed a book that was being used in high school creative writing class included child pornography. The book, 642 Things to Write About, has been used in the district for five years prior to the controversy. Some of the prompts uh, were uh, criticized as inappropriate. They included, write a sex scene you wouldn't show your mom, and describe a time you wanted to orgasm but couldn't. After the uh, mayor's claims, school board members and Hudson School teachers received violent threats, according to the Summit County Prosecutor, Sherry Be Bevin, uh, Bevin, uh, Walsh said that the writings prompted prompts did not amount to child pornography. Uh, Bevan Walsh's investigation explored whether Schubert could face criminal charges, including disrupting a public meeting and inciting panic, and over the threats to public officials that followed. She ultimately determined Schubert would not be charged. Uh, I'm sorry, but Hudson, Ohio, you fuckers voted this guy in, and you're you should feel ashamed of yourselves. It's just feel ashamed, like shame. Follow the follow like the voting members of this freaking town around with a bell and going shame, shame. <laughs> You're muted there, Buck. So you, you may be giving some some riveting commentary, but it, we're not. No, 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 no. I I wasn't saying anything interesting. Actually, I was stumbling over my words. I'm glad I was muted. Muted to be honest with you, but. I just can't get over the fact how how this I, I want to see the flow chart that he's using to connect the dots here that that all this leads to prostitution there there are a million other things that like that you could bring in in as valid arguments even even made up things like uh you know it's like uh you know goose migrating seasons happening and if a bunch of them land on the ice it might break them yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, like that would be, that to me, like I would have an easier time listening to that argument than I would going. You've got A that leads to B and then C and then there's prostitutes. It's like what? 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 Wait, what? All roads, Wait, oh. all roads lead to hookers. <laughs> right. Like I want to. The first thing I'd want to do before I took this man seriously is I would. I want to look at his Reddit search history, and I I want to look at his at his internet search history. This this guy but specifically on Reddit. This guy this guy actually strikes me as someone who actually has a Pornhub account. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like this guy must have been really really scratching the surface of the deep web when he found out like 
ice fishing and prostitution. Like what, 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 what is, what does the browser history look like? That's what I want to know. Uh, That's what I want to know. Where prostitute Ohio. <laughs> yeah. So what, what are you going to give captain fantastic here? As far as the score goes, I, he's a public official. So it, it kind of, you know, it, he has that platform. He has the, he has the power of the mic. So it kind of, you know, puts an enhancement on there. So I'm having a hard time coming up a, a score that's not like through the roof. Yeah, I think we're stuck with a I'm, four at a minimum. I'm, I'm thinking four. Yeah. All right, Buck, we're back with the second half of episode 92. And we're going to, I'm going to call you back to episode 90. Uh, that episode was titled Cops Stealing Drug Money. You may remember that episode because it was only published back on uh, February 5th. But uh, there's been a follow-up. <laughs> now, to uh, just to touch base on what it was, there was a, a sheriff in California that was having deputies wait along the road for armored cars that came by that were taking deposits for uh, to the bank from marijuana growers. And pulling them over and seizing the money through civil asset civil asset forfeiture uh there has been an update to that case and this is being reported by reason.com a california sheriff remains free to rob armored cars carrying money from state licensed marijuana businesses a federal judge this week declined to issue a tro against a california sheriff who used civil forfeiture to rob armored cars carrying money earned by state licensed marijuana businesses in his ruling u.s judge john holcomb uh said that Empriol Logistics, a Pennsylvania-based company that transports cash between businesses and banks, may very well have an excellent case on the merits, but had failed to meet the high burden for a TRO. Uh, bullshit. <laughs> um, first and foremost, there is not a high burden for a TRO. A TRO is a temporary restraining order. And you can restrain you know, two parties from being together or you can restrain action by a party that if you can prove that their actions are going to uh, cause irreparable harm uh, or and then what happens after a TRO is issued then you have a full hearing to determine whether there's going to be an actual restraining order we can equate that to the domestic violence cases buck where um, one of the, the members of the household goes and says this person did this and the, the, the other party isn't going to be present the judge can just say okay I'm going to issue a TRO temporary restraining order uh, and then we'll serve the other party and we'll have a hearing in like two days. So the, the burden for a TRO is not actually that goddamn high. Just to clear that up first and foremost. San Bernardino County Sheriff's deputies stop and provance three times in November, December, and January. They seized cash during two of the stops, making off the total of more than $1 million, which was transferred to the FBI so the Justice Department could pursue uh, forfeiture under federal law. If the government prevails in their forfeiture proceedings, the Sheriff's Department will get to keep up to 80% of the money under the Justice Department's e Equitable Sharing Program. The earnings of the state-licensed marijuana suppliers are not subject to forfeiture under California law. Empriel, which is represented by the Institute of Justice, which, as far as I'm concerned, if you, um, if you look these folks up, they're doing God's work, let me tell you, uh, argues that the San Bernardino Car uh, County Sheriff's Sheriff Shannon Dickus, that's his name, 
Dickus, uh, has no authority to seize money from businesses that are complying with state law. The van searches violated the Fourth Amendment, and the financial motive for the stops makes, the, makes them inconsistent with due process. In addition to Dickus, Empriel sued the Justice Department, Attorney General Merrick Garland, the FBI, FBI Director Christopher Wray, and the head of FBI's Los Angeles field office, the Drug, Drug Enforcement Administration, and the DEA Administrator Ann Milgram. The company argues that the federal officials, by collaborating with Dickus, are violating a constitution—I'm uh, sorry—a congressional spending rider that bars the Justice Department, which includes the FBI and the DEA, from interfering with the implementation of state medical marijuana laws. Regarding the latest claim, Holcomb said the evidence presented was so what so far was not sufficient to establish that Emperor and his clients were operating in accordance with California law allowing medical use of marijuana. The company says that three of the four businesses whose money was seized on November 16th had medical marijuana license. It also says that all the money seized on December 9th came from such businesses. Emperor bears the burden to show by a preponderance of the evidence it has strictly complied with state medical marijuana laws. Let me just read that to you one more time. Emperor, the transport company, bears the burden to show by a preponderance of the evidence it has strictly complied with state medical marijuana laws. So they are guilty until proven innocent. Just remember that fucking phrase, too. Emperor has not come close to meeting that burden. Emperor's only evidence with respect to the issue of strict compliance is self-serving declarations from its CEO. Uh, the value of those declarations is limited. There's another phrase I want to touch on. Self-serving declarations. What other declarations would there be? I mean, in all seriousness, if you go to court and you make a statement on the record, you are making a self-serving declaration. The only time that is not taken at face value is if there's something to contradict it or someone to contradict it. They have done nothing. Other than the fact that they say, we, we did everything we we're supposed to do. That's not enough. That's self-serving. Of course you would say that. that. That's what the judge is saying. Of course you'd say you didn't break the law. But you, you were arrested, so you must have been breaking the law. That's that's kind of the way he's going with this. Yeah, it's 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 pretty slimy, man. The, I mean, the, the whole... it, it, there's no there's, there's no other way to, to to cut this pie, man. The I guy's kinda, a shit ball. I kind of feel like we're becoming the civil asset civil asset forfeiture const, uh, podcast because it seems like we we keep going on this. I think because people keep sending this to me because they see I get fired up and they want to hear me scream. Uh, Dan Alvin, one of the Institute of Justice attorneys representing Emperor, notes that the appropriations rider requires the DOJ to not spend any money interfering with a state's implementation of its medical cannabis laws. Excuse me. Uh, while the rider does not protect every business that Emperor serves, he says, it should protect those with medical cannabis licenses that are in strict compliance with state law. Federal agencies should not be able to seize their proceeds. Holcomb also uh, unpersuaded by the argument that Dickus had exceeded his authority since the claim hinges on the administration, I'm sorry, uh, demonstrating the businesses whose money his deputies seized was complying with state law. Emperor and his clients uh, operate in full compliance with applicable state cannabis laws, the company says, its TRO application. But in Holcomb's view, the assurance is not enough to support the TRO since the only evidence Emperor presents is self-serving declarations from its CEO. This is fucking ridiculous. For similar reasons, Holcomb says, Emperor has not shown that its constitutional claims against Dickus are likely to succeed. Put simply, there's not enough evidence at this time to suggest that Emperor's constitutional rights were violated. Bullshit! 
Pretextual stops are a constitutional violation. Uh, simply put, oh, goddamn. He emphasized that his order does not address whether Emperor's rights were violated, nor whether defendants violated any laws. Uh, so I'm not going to rule anything on this. I want, he just wants to get his hands away from it. Emperor uh, argues that the traffic stops were pretextual, uh, ostensibly justified by minor traffic violations, but uh, actually aimed at generating revenue for the Sheriff's Department. Sheriff's Department uh, Deputy Jonathan Franco claimed that the November 16th stop, which resulted in the seizure of $712,000, was justified because the Emperor van was following a tractor-trailer too close. When the same deputy pulled over the same vehicle driven by the same employee on December 9th, according to the lawsuit the Emperor filed on January 14th, they claimed the driver, quote, slightly exceeded the speed limit and prematurely activated his turn signal my ass wow in, wow in that case the complainant says the driver's operational uh, operation of the emperor vehicle was completely lawful the company says the deputies had planned to stop in advance and were, have pulled over the driver and the emperor vehicle regardless of how careful or lawful it was driven the time the deputies took about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars which was something of a letdown based on the audio recordings by the van security system. Emperor's lawsuit describes this exchange. One of the deputies said, that's it, he chuckled. He then said, you set the bar too high. When other deputies remarked that he was, uh, that they thought they'd be getting a million or two, the deputy responded, at least we got over a million, apparently referring to the combined take from the two seizures. The sheriff's deputies also pulled, uh, sorry, who pulled over the Emperor van on January 6th were even more disappointed. They discovered it was carrying rolled coins and it had nothing to do with the marijuana industry, so they did not seize anything, as in the other stops, and they did not even write a ticket either. Because the sale of cannabis and the transportation of cannabis uh, proceeds are lawful under California law, Emperor says that in its TRO application, the Fourth Amendment prohibits the sheriff from stopping, searching, or seizing Emperor's personal or property, I'm sorry, personnel or property, without reasonable suspicion or probable cause to believe that the property is associated, uh, that's associated with, uh, is the proceeds of cannabis that violate state law. The sheriff is using pretextual traffic stops to search and seize Emperor's property without probable cause. Indeed, the sheriff is not even issuing traffic citations during these stops, just taking Emperor's cash. Even if the stops were justified by traffic violations, Emperor says, the ensuing searches were unconstitutional. A traffic violation does not give officers the right to search the vehicle. Any warrantless search pursuant to the automobile exception requires probable cause to believe the police searching, uh, the, I'm sorry, the place searched contains contraband. Uh, contra the sheriff, contrary to the sheriff's wishes, a traffic violation stop is not carte blanche to search a vehicle, let alone a locked safe inside it. During the December 9th stop, deputies claimed a drug-sniffing dog alerted to the van, which Emperor says is not true. Video footage of the vehicle does not show... I'm sorry, does not show the dog alert on the vehicle. Instead, it shows the dog is barely interested in the vehicle. Then that goes back to the whole canine bullshit that we've talked about so many times. Uh, the deputies obtained a search warrant prior to the November 16th seizure, but Emperor says the application included false information or misleading statements. It says the deputy who applied for the warrant mistakenly claimed that Emperor converts money from marijuana businesses into cryptocurrency and falsely asserted that some of the company's clients were not licensed by the state. The deputies uh, said that Emperor did not have mar did not have a medical marijuana business license, which is not required to transport money from dispensaries to banks. 
Furthermore, a 2020 law says a company that provides such services to state licensed marijuana businesses does not commit a crime under any California law. When he weighed the TRO application, Holcomb de uh, declined to consider the information about the search warrant, which he said would be introduced, which was being introduced too late, without giving the defendant a chance to respond. Alvin said the information, which Emperor uh, introduced in reply briefs, was based on, quote, new evidence that only just obtained and did not process while we filed for our TRO application. The new evidence includes an unredacted copy of the November 6th search warrant. We have tried to get those documents from defendants for months, but only received them last week. Although Holcomb declined to consider the new evidence at this stage, Alvin says we can now use these documents to support a motion for a preliminary in, uh, injunction. Litigation of these claims will continue, but in the meantime, Emperor, which reimbursed its clients for the seized money, is out the $1 million or so that Dickus deputies stole, plus another $165,000 that the Kansas, Kansas Sheriff's deputies took during a traffic stop in Dickinson County last May. Emperor says all the money seized in Kansas came from state-licensed medical marijuana dispensaries in Missouri. As in California, the cops worked with the DEA and the Justice Department, which is pursuing forfeiture under federal law. Emperor said it is trying to avoid uh, further trouble by routing money from medical marijuana businesses from Kansas and San Bernardino County, uh, which leads to needlessly, needless extra travel. Emperor has suspended plans for a vault and currency processing facility in Dickus jurisdiction. It says it's already invested $100,000 in the project and continues to pay $21,000 a month in rent and utilities for the building. Emperor says the threat of continued harassment and seizure has cost his clients and endangered the expansion of business, especially in California. It's kind of a long one. <laughs> yeah. Especially for an update. For a lot there. A lot there. And it, yeah, but you know... Could this be any more it, clear it, what's going on? Oh, man. It's literally highway robbery. Exactly. I mean, this is kind of the definition of a highway robbery. Yeah. That it's if if you wanted an actual textbook definition as to what highway robbery is, this would be a glowing example. That 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 is it. And you know what? I mean like it just goes back down to what my mom say, you got to be a great example or a terrible warning. Like, wow. Yeah, this this sheriff. Wow, wow, wow. The fact that this sheriff is he's barely even hiding what he's doing. <laughs> and the judge knows exactly what's going on here. And he's trying to say, oh, uh, I, I can't rule on that because it's a high burden of proof. And, uh, no, it's not. You have the preliminary TRO injunction so that you go forward to the hearing. You mm. hate government. <laughs> and, and you know what? Talk about shitty fucking henchmen, too. Cops on an audio recording saying oh i thought it'd be at least two million or i thought at least that's it that's all you got it's like whoa that's on an audio recording and the judge still can't make a ruling come yeah. on man I mean, it's it's come like, on we know exactly what's going on here but we're not going to talk about it apparently like what do you mean burden of proof I, like i i would have to say that there's some pretty damning evidence against like the government on this one man i mean like i think the burden of proof is reasonably satisfied there but we have the like, government making a ruling about the government so here we are again <laughs> right 
Right. I mean, like, come on. Well, we've yeah. already, if I remember correctly, we already scored this this sheriff of five. I'm going to include the judge in on the conspiracy now. So he, yeah. gets, he gets a five yeah. in my book as well. Oh, yeah, man. We're just divvying up fives. It's a very high-scoring episode. It really is. <laughs> well, Buck, I don't think we're done yet. Because we're gonna follow our follow follow this follow this again again. Is a this is reported by the Associated Press. A Jewish student reprimanded for revealing classes Nazi salute. This has happened in Brook Mountain Brook, Alabama. A Jewish high school student said he couldn't believe what was going on when a history teacher in a wealthy Alabama school system had classmates stand and give a stiff-armed Nazi salute during a lesson on the way symbols change. Uh, once he shared a video and photos of the incident on social media, uh, he received a reprimand from school administrators in Mountain Brook, a suburb of Birmingham. They proceeded to tell me that I'm making Mountain Brook look bad for uploading the video and sharing it and asked me to apologize to my teacher, which I refused to do. The day after, he made our class and our class only put up our phones and he moved me from sitting in the back of the class to right next to him. So little bit of retaliation there maybe uh first reported by the birmingham-based southern jewish life the incident last month gained traction on social media on tuesday the school system issued a statement saying the video and the photos shared online were quote are not representative of the lesson end quote and no one tried to teach students how to do a nazi salute Understanding the sensitive nature of the subject, Mountain Brook School has addressed the inst uh, instructional strategy used by the teacher and does not contone the modeling of the salute, which a picture or video could accurately convey the same message. Uh, a system spokesman did not immediately return an email Wednesday seeking additional comment. The point of the lesson was that something very similar to what's widely known as the Nazi salute was used before World War II to salute the United States flag called the Bellamy Salute. Uh, it is, was uh, ditched in 1942 for the now familiar right over the right hand over the heart gesture after the United States entry into the war. He explained to us that the United States used to do that before World War II, and that the pro, uh, proceeded to show us and ask us to stand and salute the flag. And he and everyone else did the Nazi salute. I felt upset, unsure what to do, and just kind of shocked. Mountain Brook listened to a group that works to promote diversity in the virtually all-white city of 22,000 people, it issued a statement saying that the incident showed the need for more resources, education, and training on the understanding of implicit bias, building empathy, and acting with more compassion. And our entire community, including our school system, must foster an environment which people feel safe to report behavior that are concerned about and certainly do not create an environment that cultivates any fear of reprisal. The controversy comes just months after Mountain Brook School System responded to the community complaints about a diversity program produced by the Anti-Defamation League, which combats anti-Semitism by dropping the lessons. Uh, the school have begun using the material after anti-Semitic events, including a video of a student with a swastika drawn on his body, but opponents claim the lessons forced too heavily on race and gender and produced by a group they consider controversially political. Let me touch on something. Yes, the teacher is correct. The that salute was used in the United States, um, but it wasn't used to um, salute the flag in schools. Uh, that was actually something the United States took for, took a book from out of the Nazi uh, handbook. 
uh, indoctrinating youth uh, by having the, the flag in the classroom and having them do the morning salute to it. Um, but the teacher is correct. We did used to use that in the United States. Uh, furthermore, the swastika was actually a United States military uh, unit symbol. Uh, that unit is now called the Thunderbirds. The, the logo is very similar. It's a red diamond with a yellow phoenix in the middle of it. Uh, and, and that was actually a red diamond with a yellow swastika prior to World War II. Uh, so the teacher was wrong. It was, it's not wrong. He's actually, the class was focused on how symbols, symbology changes. Uh, when you're, when I was in China for a time, I kept seeing swastikas everywhere. Now they were facing the other direction and they're actually a religious symbol used in Buddhism, I believe. I believe it's Buddhism. I could be wrong, but so don't hold me to the fire on that one, but I believe it's Buddhism. Um, but, you know, we use the symbol. It's, it's a Native American symbol. Uh, so the, 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 this kind of subject matter in classes wouldn't be unheard of, except for the fact that you then have your students stand up and do the, say, higher! You, just, you don't do that. You don't do that. Mm, yeah, that's, that's, that, you know, again, you know, all the right things done up until the, like, it's like them. It's like the teacher trying to justify mm. using the N word because it used to be used to describe the Irish. It was, <laughs> it was, but you. It's no longer means that. It no longer. It, it took a different connotation, and now our society has deemed it to be one that's inappropriate for you to use, and you shouldn't use it. You can refer to it in context, and you can give an explanation about it, but you do not try to have your students demonstrate yeah. it. You mm -mm. Should not be in your vernacular, no. And then having kids stand up and salute, moving the Jewish kid to the back of the class. No, no, moving the kid from the back of the class to the front of the class, so we can keep an eye on him. Oh yeah, yeah. Either way. Yeah. Either way. Yeah, it's still. I mean, like, teacher, you're not you're not making any points, and I think, honestly, if it, you know, since I'm not handing any benefit of the doubt out here, I'm gonna go ahead and, <laughs> you know, suppose that maybe the teacher had all the kids stand up and do the salute just to fuck with this other kid. Like, oh, you think you got a problem with this? You think you can flex your weight in here? No, Let here, me show you. Come here, come here, you little Jew. We're going to fucking, yeah. Yeah. Like, mm, I, I think that's a terrible abuse of authority and power, to be honest with you. You know, we, we touched base on it before. There's, you know, We shouldn't censor these things. You know, we're, we have to teach our kids about these lessons and these things that happened. And I'm sorry. You know, it's an ugly reality of, of you know, of reality. But at the same time, <laughs> I, just I, I because... I think I get what you were trying to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, you know, just at the same time, just because it's the truth that, you know, presentation can can play a big part in how you disseminate these facts. And, uh, and, you know, having children get up and demonstrate the Nazi salute to the flag, yeah, maybe your presentation portion of your, of your lesson's a little off. You know, that's, that's just me. Um, I, I gotta, I gotta, hmm, I mean, I'm gonna give this Yahoo a five. You know, you can't be propagating this kind of stuff and, you know, having, you, you can't do it. Whether or not whether or not you're making a, an impact or not, in a large scale, you're still making an impact enough on a small scale to do some real damage 
getting that propaganda out there like that. Now, see, I would have been no. like all on board with everything the teacher did, except for the fact of having the class do it. You know, if you showed a picture saying here, it, here it is used by the military or, or, or at this ceremony or whatever, and, and then saying, yeah, but then, you know, after these evil fucks started using it, we decided let's distance ourselves a little bit for, for justifiable reasons. Um, you know, right. <laughs> there was many salutes the United States Army have used. Um, for example, there's one where you, you, you salute across the chest if you're holding a firearm. That was used during the American Civil War. I believe it was uh, part of Hardy's Manual. Uh, Hardy's Manual of Infantry Tactics. Uh, it, it, it's, there's, there's many things that have changed because of we don't want to be associated with them for whatever reason or because it's just fallen out of style. And, you know, the United States used a swastika. They used the Bellamy. They changed it when it became clear that we're not them and we don't want to be associated with them. So let's go ahead and uh, let's change it up a little bit, shall we? But instead, yeah, that's great. You want to teach that. You want to teach that, you know, the reason things change, why they changed. And that's great. You do want to teach that. I fully support that. But then, okay, everyone stand up again. Do this. No, idiot. Just show a goddamn picture. Yeah, I mean, really, a picture is actually worth a thousand words. You don't, you don't need to have a kid kill somebody to tell, to teach him the killing is wrong. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we found this homeless guy. I want you to go ahead and stab him. <laughs> and and tell me, tell tell me exactly how that made you felt. You know, how did you feel? Tell me exactly how that made you feel, not how it made you felt. But yeah, <laughs> you know it. Let's let's go ahead and dig deep. It's like you know, did you you know, did it did it feel this way? No, like we can just we can we can we can convey that message without having to do any hands-on learning here. Well, the same if, thing if, with the if, salute. If that is the way this school operates, I want to go and I want to participate in their sex ed class. I was just <laughs> about to go there. I was going to say, yeah, I wonder what the sex ed curriculum's like. <laughs> this here is Stephanie. Stephanie's agreed to join us today. <laughs> I don't think I want to participate in that group, though. I think hmm, I'm going to backtrack a little bit and go, that would be weird to know what it was like, but I don't want to be involved in it. I'm good. Fair enough. All right, but <laughs> that's going to bring us to an end of this episode. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed the content you've reached, we do release two episodes every week on Saturdays and Wednesdays. That is a rather new revelation for us, but um, we're, we're, we're still getting the swing of things, so occasionally there might not be one on a Wednesday or so, but bear with us. We'll, we're, we're getting up to speed. Uh, you can also catch us out on our YouTube channel. Just search for Social Liability Podcast, and you can find our audio podcast on just about every platform, whether it be Spotify, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Anchor, Google Podcast, Breaker, Apple Podcast, or CastBox, and any other number of places that happen to pick us up. Uh, we'd appreciate any way you could uh, tell a friend about the podcast, get us out there, and uh, if you have any stories, pull free please feel free to send them to us, uh, socialliability at iCloud.com, and uh, let us give us something to talk about. Other than that, Buck, I'm the Razgrees. This is the Buck wishing you all a happy and safe weekend. <laughs>